Let's get ready to throw down. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's Friday at lunch, so we're here again talking about what's going on in the week. And last week, I ended with talking about a huge botched sales call that I had, and you guys have been hanging for a week. So let me let me tell what happened. So um, my contact was a salesperson. They wanted me to come in and help out their company, fairly large company um, in the insurance world. And we got on the call, and I knew his pain points. I knew why it was important to him. And so he got me on the call with his uh, head of sales and the head of the whole Texas market. And I hopped on this call and I did not do a good job of figuring out if they had any pain points. I just jumped straight into presentation mode. Let me tell you why we're awesome and everything else like this. And uh, the call didn't go very well, ended up being a no. Um, but after the call, I was talking with my, you know, white knight internal champion who brought me into it. And uh, he asked me how I thought I did on the call. And I said, well, I think I would give myself about a four, honestly, on a scale of one to 10. And he said, why? We kind of talked about it. But the thing was, is I didn't take any time at all to try to figure out if there were pain points of these other people who were new to the call, right? And when you're selling to larger companies and you're not dealing directly with the decision maker from the jump, you know, you that's a key part of this that sometimes we forget because we, we make an assumption that, oh, my person has brought me in, I can just present, it's going to be great. Um, and that isn't always the case. And I know that Al and Clint and Annette all have to deal with that a lot more than I do. So... How do you guys make sure that you're not jumping ahead of yourselves when when you're brought in to talk to the actual decision maker? I mean, first step for me is always recap, right? I mean, that's like if you've ever, you know, somebody else is introducing you into the mix, the first thing to do is sit down and say, okay, I don't know if everybody's heard or not what me and Michael, let's say, have talked about. But, you know, here's what we've said. Does everybody understand, agree? Like that, that's, that's pretty first step, you know, for me in any situation. Yeah. I did not recap at all. Right. And the recap is a great way to kind of get into there to make sure that your understanding is correct and to see very, very naturally and nurturingly if you're ready to talk about additional pain points and things like that. I mean, it's kind of like setting expectations and just getting everybody on the same page. And I jumped straight past that. I just, I just jumped straight into, let me tell you what, why we do what we do. And part of that was because I knew that my refer or my internal champion had kind of set the stage for me, right? They had done all of this. So I made a mistake of just jumping in there, assuming that their pain was the same as his pain, which it's not going to be in a lot of cases, right? The end user that you are helping with your solution or service is going to have pains that don't show up or are not realized a couple of steps up the ladder. So, so to me, a, a huge thing that you said a huge lesson learned is never assume you know how, how often do we assume what someone else is thinking or assume what else what is going to take place and we're completely wrong so and I'm not trying to you know ostracize you or anything I'm just like okay make sure we get that because that assumption thing can really blow up our sales yeah well one thing that comes to mind is sometimes we rest on our laurels when we have an intermediary, right? And it, it isn't our groundwork that we've laid to get to that meeting. Because if, if you did it, you know, through, you know, your own endeavors, then you know every step of the way. If you're relying on somebody else to make that introduction, do the frontline work, 
sometimes we get a little lazy because we rule by abdication. We gave it over to them to set the tempo. And so we come in with just our delivery instead of making sure that this other person, maybe we know them a little bit, maybe we don't know them well at all, has done the work that we need for the setup for our delivery. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that I, I'm thinking of is in the past, I've shared that someone, particularly a boss, will say, gosh, you know, this isn't really working well. What about this? And I know my client and I know the office that the, everyone else in the office. So I know what's going on. He's not really or she, whomever your boss is, of course, um, maybe doesn't understand the dynamics of the office. So that's another thing. Don't assume just because your boss is telling you to do it, go another route, that that's the, you should know. You should know your, the, the dy- like I said, the dynamic of the office, what everyone's, um, what they're going to expect of you. So a lot of times you have to read that as well. Like I said, in the past, I've told the story where my boss told me, no, it is time to do this. And I was like, no, I don't think it's time to do this. You know, you need to know those things. You know, the the interesting thing for me was I left that call knowing that I did not do a very good job, right? And I didn't have any problem talking with the the person who brought me in about the fact that I did not do a very good job because uh, I didn't follow my own process, right? Like like I know how, how I'm normally supposed to handle these calls, but because of the situation and, and it feeling a little bit awkward, I jumped ship to what was going to be comfortable, right? And when you're in sales, it's always easier to present, right? And just talk about how great you are. Whereas, you know, it can be uncomfortable at times to really kind of dig in and look for pain and ask questions and, you know, be a little bit vulnerable in the fact of like, I don't know everything about your business, right? And I totally bypassed all of that and just jumped straight into what was going to be easy. So the thing to remember about this is, sometimes you have to dial it all the way back. I mean, like this week, I've kind of made sure that my process is laid out very, very cleanly. It's right here in front of me. So that way I don't get ahead of myself, right? I don't jump the gun. I don't go to what's easy. I was got some quick, 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 uh, quick question, John. Do you think mm-hmm. part of this might've been a little bit of desperation coming out of our current situation where, because I think sometimes we get unseated and, and, and lose our edge because we're just, we need the business. We just really need the business. And so we revert to some of those old things that, that you know, vomiting our process ju- just to get it out there and, and, and just kind of short change, sitting back and, and, and going through the route that we know that's the most successful, you know, you know, biting down on that pain and making sure everybody in the room has, has given us everything we need to find out how to solve what their real problem is. Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't know that it that it's, uh, I mean, at some level, scarcity comes into that, right? Or, or else, why would I have jumped the gun and not, and not done it the way that I normally would do it? Um, so, of course, there's a little bit of that. But I think really the, what it comes down to was it was just different enough that I felt like I was not prepared, right? Which is my own fault, right? I have to take ownership of that, right? Because normally I am pretty prepared for calls. I know kind of the flow of it, what we're going to talk about, what good outcomes look like and stuff. But this with with not dealing directly with the decision maker, which is what I'm used to, and instead dealing with a champion who gets me to the decision maker was just different enough that I felt unprepared and therefore it went badly, right? Um, but of course, you know, wanting a deal in my sense of urgency 
comes into play. You know, this very specifically is around you know, marketing and lead generation, because we do that for some clients. And the really interesting thing about that is that part of, part of me just doesn't really understand why people uh, don't trust marketing. Like I get it, but on some levels, it's like, you're going to see everything we're doing as far as the deliverables. So, you know, there's not like some kind of old school marketing thing where I'm going to sell you a catalog ad and we just hope for the best, right? Like you're going to see all the prospecting and lead generation that we're doing. You're going to get reports and everything else. So there's not really any way to, to, to not know that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. But at the end of the day, that wasn't what was important to these guys, right? These guys are probably thinking, uh, well, my salespeople shouldn't need to be paying for lead generation. They should just be going out and generating their own leads. And since I didn't do a good enough job of, you know, talking around, hey, how hard is it for your guys to be generating leads in this environment? You know, and is that a struggle? And with people working from home, like, is that getting in the way of the prospecting volume that's necessary? I didn't do any of that. I was like, this is why we're here. Let's talk about why I'm awesome and everything else. So can, can you speak to what industry you were talking to? I mean, what, what was the dynamic of the company you were, you know, giving your presentation to commercial insurance? Okay. So uh, you say commercial as in liability insurance for businesses or, okay. Okay. Cyber, you know, all that. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, you know, can you you go back or, or is it a closed sale? it's never in in my thing or in my view of it it's never a no for forever it was just just a no for now right but what what actually happened was i ended up going back to the person who brought me in and we had a really cool conversation about what i messed up on that call because he was interested about why i graded it so low and then we also talked about a way of him starting off on a smaller scale doing this lead generation package that I, that I offer to people so that way he can pay for it just out of his own pocket. Right. Which was kind of one of the agreements that we had made before I said, Hey, if we take this to these guys and they say, no, what happens then? He's like, well, if we can figure out a way that I can pay for myself, then we'll just go about it that way. So we're in the process of kind of customizing the package a little bit. So that way it fits this guy's, you know, particular need also his wallet. So that way he doesn't have to go through his company anymore which is something that I've been doing with some other people that, you know, they don't really want to go the way because budgets are tight and everyone's kind of locking down spending. But the people that I'm working with directly are like, well, I want more leads, right? And if the leads are good, I'm happy to pay for them, right? Okay, so what does good mean, right? And then we kind of go through that process um, and take it from there. Not very good. Yeah, so it wasn't a fail, a failure in the long run. It just was not a great call. And that's important, right? Because, you know, I, I would say that probably... Four years ago, I would have had that call and gotten off of it and felt like it was bad and then not been able to capitalize on on the the other option there, right? Because I would have felt either shameful or, you know, not taken ownership of it and it wouldn't have served me at all. I wouldn't worry about it. I fail on phone calls 50 times a week. I'm not too worried about it. You you move on, you buck up, you learn from it. Who cares? You know, the thing is, is you know, even, even on a big whale, it's like the fact that you got to one means you can get to another. Right. So Absolutely. You just buckle down and do it different. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, I, I, I completely agree. Uh, yeah. That, you know, that, that, but you, you bring up a good point where you're aware of some of the deficiencies and then oh, you yeah. start, you know, formulating, well, how do I prevent that from happening again? And so self-awareness is, uh, I think, a key step 
and owning why things went bad. I mean, unlike the current administration that doesn't want to own anything, I think personally we all need to <laughs> – Oh, you stay know, on, stay on topic. Man, stay on topic. <laughs> yeah. How many of our viewers just left? Right. Well, there's three yeah. other guys that agree with you guys. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm about to leave. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, though the, the 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 thought of you know where did I go wrong? What could I have done differently? Uh, I think that moves you so much further down the road than either not going back and assessing or you know, putting the blame where it probably shouldn't be that, that, you know, and if, and if you come out of that saying, wow, it wasn't a good fit, maybe because of size and and capabilities, learn how to get to size and capabilities, because that's what allows you to, to know what that next level up in every one of our industries are. Yeah. Yeah, There's also, there's also a personality portion to this too, because what you did, John, with that call is exactly what a C would do, right? Oh yeah. Al and my, you know, Al is probably going to blow that right off and just, hey, get the next one, right? Mm-hmm. And and they yes naturally. No. Well, I get it. you personally. I'm talking about an eye, like a you know sure. hardcore eye is just going to say, ah, oh, well, you know, yeah, whatever. Fuck it and move on down the road. Yep, move on down the road, and you know. And then I don't know how you'd really handle that because I can't see in your perspective at, even in a one percent. Margin, well, so. I was shocked when you said the encouraging word to John. I was like, oh, okay, because I was wondering, do you just act like it didn't happen? Or do you... you know, <laughs> well, so, that's actually funny, though, Nan. Because uh, Clint, I can see Clint go, had to think about, well, maybe. You know, it's, it's funny because I, I literally have phone calls all the time. And, and, you know, amongst us in the office, they'll say, well, how'd that phone call go? And I say, yeah, we're not calling that guy back at all. <laughs> Yeah, so I think there's a fine line though, because I I think if you're not taking that time after calls to to sit down and think about okay, what did I do well, what did I do badly, what do we need to improve on next time, uh, you're not being honest with yourself, right? And what that leads to is it leads to well, that's their fault, right? And having that kind of jaded entitledness, which doesn't really help you as a salesperson. Not to interrupt, but Clint hit on something about how Nan would handle this. And I can tell you, since Nan and I work closely together on a lot of accounts, um, she beats herself up too much about it, right? And lays too much of the blame in her corner sometimes to where I'm like, it just wasn't a fit. You did everything. You jumped through all the hoops. We gave them the contracts. I mean, we've got a couple accounts like that, that just uh, Nan struggles for the fact that they're either not ready or it's not a good fit. And in our industry, we get a lot of, uh, you know, maybes, if you will, or if we let it go there. And sometimes you can't get them off a of maybe. They're, they're a surgeon. You know, they're just not ready to decide. They're not telling you no. You could call on them every day of the week and they'd probably still come out and see you. They don't dislike you. They are just not ready to move in any direction at that point. Yeah, you know, and you can go, you know, John, you mentioned on your phone call talking about pain, right? We talk about that a lot, finding that finding that thing that really sells us to them. And I'll tell you, in in my business, everybody says the same three things and they're and it's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it's on every phone call. And I can't even listen to a word they're saying because ninety-nine percent of the time it's price, right? But nobody ever mentions that. Mm-hmm. So they talk about safety and they talk about, you know, getting the job done on time. But at the end of the day, it's always price. 
And if so, you focus your pain around and your phone call around all those pains, all they're doing is feeding you full of shit to get the number so they can compare it to a competitor at the end of the day. So for me, filtering through that, not, you know, and just not buying into it is, is huge for me. Yeah. So, so Clint, so if you know, if you go into your sales process, knowing that, how long do you coddle that along? Cause I don't see you as a guy that really coddles that crap. very Two, far. two, two seconds. Okay. So how I do mean, you, what's that conversation like whenever I'm saying, well, safety, I mean, how, how do you break it? How do you get to the point? I, I usually started off besides the top three, right? What else? <laughs> or 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 the fact of like hey everybody says that what else is something that that gets you right and it's those things that you, they really got to dig in their repertoire for for stuff so do you ever use a third-party story where you get that yeah. there three and then you go funny you say that because most of the time it boils down to price in my arena yeah i don't i don't focus on that too much i know we talk about it a lot um it doesn't really mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty cautious about it. Construction's kind of a, uh, I would say a, a pretty cocky, um, industry where if you start talking about other people and how they do it, everybody thinks they do it the best anyway. So you gotta be careful right. in those lines. Of, same of same in our arena with these, these surgeons, say. you know, yeah, they yeah. can attest to this because she's brought other surgeons names up and I'm like, ah, no, <laughs> they may hate each other's guts. Right. right. You know, cause they both think they're demigods, you know, in the same swimming pool. And, oh, um, I told the, you, I, I've told the story before, not that this is really sales related, but you know, I'm in the OR, I have three surgeons working the same hall and I'm trying to separate my feelings to about each of them and, you know, not to, and then I just went, screw it. You know, I like all three of these guys. I'm just going to be myself, but I, I did see them kind of sit back and go, Oh, I guess. And, and, you know, I was concerned for a minute that, that could affect my sales, but that's silly. You know, you can just assume, like we talked about earlier, the wrong thing and you just have to just do it. You know, as I said, I'm totally shocked when a few minutes ago, when Clint encouraged John, I was like, cause literally I'm sitting there thinking, you know, Clint and probably Al just say, screw it. And they don't really take, they don't really own that they didn't do, you know, they, they're not going to sound like, um, John just did, or I would, if we feel like we failed, but yeah, maybe so, I'm assuming the wrong thing because. So it's funny because I think you, I think you hear compassion, right. And there's zero there. All it is is task. It's <laughs> shut the, shut the, shut up and, and get to the next. Yeah. One, right? Okay. That, that makes sense. There you go. Yeah. Okay. You know, the, right. But go ahead, John. Well, what I was going to say was, I mean, Clint hit the nail on the head, right? I was feeling some pressure. So what I did was I reverted back to seeness, right? Facts, figures, you know, logic of it, right? Whereas Clint would not have gone to that space when he was feeling pressure, right? He's going to D up, right? And be like, hey, if you don't, if you, if you don't see value in this, cool, we should close it. Right. I think, well, you know, the other side of it, too, is when I, you know, my biggest weakness is embarrassment. I hate to be embarrassed. My face would have got red. I'd have known I screwed it up and I would just dump it. Right. And this is forever gone in my head because it does me no good like hmm. to, to sit here and dote on it. You just got to get rid of it. Right. You take you take the one or two points. You don't do, you know, the bad points. You don't do it again. You just you just move on. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I know that I know that's a whole lot easier for 
some personalities to say versus others, but yeah. you know, that's the way I deal with it. Um, so before we started, um, Jill was talking about uh, some of the stuff that she's seeing. Uh, Jill leads a team of salespeople in the banking industry and uh, was talking about this pressure that we're probably most people are feeling around this idea of like, let's just busy, like just busy for the sake of being busy, right? And there's a big difference between being busy and being productive, right? And so uh, I was feeling that same way, honestly, right? And, and Melissa, who's right here off camera. And if you're watching on Facebook, if you have a question or comment, put it in there because Melissa will, will read it and we'll talk about it on the show. Um, was that like, I was doing 10, 12 hour days, like all right here in this room and really not feeling like I was getting a whole lot of stuff done. And so I kind of had to go all the way back to, you know, KPIs and every day I show up with like a task list of the things that I have to do before I can let myself go on any kind of shiny thing, exploration things around, around the business. And that has been incredibly helpful, right? So knowing my KPIs and then also having this list of like, these are the big things that I have to do today. And then prioritizing that is really leading me to having to spend less time in here at the desk, which is helpful for, you know, family life, but also just feeling like I've got more control. And right now in these times, it's super easy to feel like you don't have any control over anything, right? And just scrambling around running around trying to get something done. Whereas, you know, just sitting down and writing this out and like rewriting my KPIs for the, for the new things that I need to be doing have given me back control. So I no longer feel like I'm at the whim of my work, right? I feel like I'm in, con in control and, and running it well. So are you guys dealing with that at all? Yeah, I mean, to the point of, you know, just being busy to be busy, I think everybody is falling into that trap right now with this, you know, especially working from home, people are almost justifying their positions at this point by sending stupid emails, you know, just to send an email, right, copying everybody so that everybody thinks that they're working at seven in the morning, and then going back to bed or whatever. I mean, we're seeing a lot of that stuff, you know, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Docs that guy. But, you know, yeah, I think no, wake that, up at uh, four, shoot out some emails, sleep till noon, get up, yep. eat lunch and get on this thing. Right. That sounds like a chiropractor if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Maybe. No, dude, no, no, no. I saw patients this morning. I've got to go back and see some more. So, no, it's all hands on deck, man. We're we're actually, yeah, we're shaking the weeds. And, and like you said, we we see some areas of our business has started to decline. And we've been making phone calls, letting people know. Nan and I went around to attorney's offices, dropped off flyers. We're shoving them through mail slots. I, I have found that if you get proactive about more business during these times, again, I said that last week, if you're out there and you're in people's ears, then the late arrivals get sh shoved to the side. You weren't here when we were hurting. You weren't calling me whenever you know the sky was falling. You're calling me now that we've come through through you know this little you know issue. So no, I, I say now's the time to call everybody. You know, get on your phone. Anybody you spoke to before this, you need to be speaking to them more now than ever. Yeah. And, and, you know, the other side of it too is, um, you know, typically when the economy is good and everything's up and rolling, you're, you should be really selective on what you're putting through your process. And, and right now, you know, you can't be too selective because we're eventually going to come out of this and you need, you know, typically we talk about backlog on the, on the actual, what we've won side, but you need a backlog of leads coming out of this, you know, 
So yeah. you you can't you can't be quiet and you can't be too selective right now. You gotta you gotta lead generate. So when you come out and everybody gets back to 100%, you gotta you gotta have that backlog of leads. You you're exactly right, and you have a topic that everybody will respond to. How are you surviving this crisis? And, yeah. and, and if you can't say just those few words and let somebody tell you what they're doing, then you don't have much of a relationship. And now you're cold calling. But everybody that you've done business with, everybody that has a clinic, everybody that's a supplier in the OR, how are you managing? It's the first words out of my mouth to anybody that I talk to. How are things going? And I mean it sincerely, you know, because there'll be some that are surviving some that aren't and there's a lot of needs and a lot of wants and a lot and sometimes your capacity is limited so now you got to start deciding who can i help who can i not help how do i save myself along the way mm -hmm. i mean those are real issues that people really will open up about if you have a genuine heart and you approach it the right way with just about anybody yeah. So Jill asked a question a second ago in the chat. Um, do I? Th do you think that that is just because you're a siege on? I'm. I'm uh, Jill. I'm assuming you're asking about like going back to like basics of like the KPIs of the process, and uh, yeah, right. It it is easier for me because I, I I know that I thrive better in those situations already. Um, I know that for people like Al and for Clint, like the idea of writing out, you know, weekly cadences of, you know, activity counts and behavior counts and stuff like that is not, I mean, it's like pulling teeth. You know, we were talking about talking about this topic and Clint just kind of like sank his head for a second because here's my behavior count. Exactly. So uh, I do think it's easier for me, but the thing to remember is that he is, is that even though that that's like one of my strengths and one of the things that I can call back on, like I've spent less uh, two and a half weeks not doing this. And th this is a fairly recent, okay, I got to get back in control of this thing, right? Because I wasn't taking care of my self-care. I wasn't really, you know, hanging out with the family. And like, I would work, 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 and then just be wiped, you know? And so like, that's not super healthy either. So, you know, it's all, it's all about the balance of things. So doing this allows me to spend less time here. And I know that, but what happens is you, is you, most of this stuff you have to uh, fail at, I think to really see the value in doing, right? Which is kind of sales in general, right? If you have never lost a deal because you didn't talk about budget or money, then upfront, then you don't see any value in talking about it, right? So it's one of those things where I feel like you kind of have to get kicked in the teeth by it to, to really understand the value of it. But that being said, it is kind of my natural state, but you lose some, some part of your natural state when you're under pressure, depending upon what that pressure looks like, I think. Right, because I would say that probably Al right now is not spending as much time indulging his eye as he normally would, right? So I feel like maybe, and, and Al can speak to this better, right? He's probably maybe dealing with some of that same stuff of having a little bit of urgency that's different from his prospects and different from the people that he's working with. And that's kind of leading to some hurdles in the conversation. Do you think that's true, Al? You know, we carry um, pretty substantial ARs through the clinic. Uh, on the surgery side, not so much. We have done kind of a dual thing. We're looking for more business, but we're also looking for the money that we've already earned and concerned that some of that may not come through. We've seen insurance companies go to a different model because they're out of the office. So we're trying to match that model because mailrooms, nobody's there anymore. We are still, you know, we're, we're watching our collections day by day. 
we we have some new revenue generating things that are through telemedicine. We're exploring are we getting paid for those codes? Because in healthcare, you you build a code to an insurance company, what's well, automatically processed. So are they is their system already set up to capture this code and push it on through? I mean, there, there's just a ton of nuances to dig through. And as a matter of fact, I said, I'm going back to see patients. That's not exactly true. You guys saw the beer. I'm going back to do chart review and look at EOBs to determine <laughs> what our cash flow is going to look like. Um, I'm not going to go put my hands on anybody's neck after having a, a and only one beer with lunch. But, um, you know, there's, um, yeah, there's a real change in the dynamic of what we're focusing in on. Uh, it's, it's not, um, it's not any different. It's just, more scrutiny over the process of treatment, collection, who's going to surgery, what do those look like? You know, are any of the hospitals on credit hold before we go in there and put a bunch of product into somebody? I mean, I had a, that conversation before we started doing um, doing surgeries again. We, we did one in a smaller hospital and the manufacturer was concerned um, about... <laughs> about about um you know whether the, the 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 viability of the hospital how are they doing are they on credit hold for any reason so yeah those are a lot of our conversations now and they all center around money and, and so don't think going in here that money's not at the back of everybody's mind right now both earning it and spending it so address it it's the elephant in the room so so al for you are there are there things that you normally do very well that you view as because of where you sit on disc that are a struggle for you to use or call upon now because of pressure or time scarcity or anything else like that? You know, my time management is, is really the toughest part for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just sticking to and, and not letting small, you know, delegating what I can so that I'm not having to pay attention to it and, and, and making sure then to go back to, and make sure it got done because we are, you know, uh, doing more with less. We've got some employees that are, we've got had one on maternity leave. We've had one that broke a leg. Anyway, we've got some of those internal dynamics, but we've been able to keep everybody and, you know, hire, I just hired somebody yesterday because now I'm like, wait a second, we need somebody in that slot. And it, it hurts to bring on more payroll. It really does, you know, because it, it's that uncertainty. Will I be able to pay these people? If we can't get our newer clinic, if volume doesn't come up, I, now I've got some decisions to make. So yeah. we're, we're betting on the recovery. We're betting on everything coming back. I, I'm, I'm a gambler. I'm betting on the return to normal. And so we're staffed. We're sending bills out. We're doing the job that we're paid to do. But if it, you know, if 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 another major company fails, or we get a we get a if if, if the city of Fort Worth or Arlington or mid cities, if they declare bankruptcy or they lay police officers off, you know, as long as they have a health care plan, we're still good. But yeah, all those are real dynamics to me. People need to have jobs so that they can have health care. You know, it doesn't work the other way around. So yeah. What about for you, Clint? You know, are there are there aspects of the D state that you normally have access to that you don't right now that you've noticed? Uh, the, the realistic, uh, the filter, right? What's real? Because it, the economy is so unknown. So, you know, when I look at a construction project before this, I definitely, you know, had a better shot at saying that's not real. This is real. Let's chase that, you know, gut feel. 
that gut feel is really gone because I don't know how to judge it because we've never seen it. Right. Yeah. So when somebody gives me a, you know, a job to look at or bid, it's like, man, I, I could, I could go either way with this and and you drag it along more than you usually would. Yeah. What about you, Nanette? My biggest thing is just not camping in my comfort zone. You know, like when you were talking about you're staying in your office for 12 hours and you know, you, I, I, the first thing I thought of was I like to do that. I like to be at home. I like having consistent, you know, doing what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, an analogy is that like this morning I was looking online, like I've been walking, I've been really trying to walk a lot. And I was like, what's the best plan for how to make that advantageous? And it said, the article I was reading said, you know, change it up. Don't do the same thing every day. Plan to do this one day and this another day and make it different. And I thought that's so how my job needs to be. I don't need to just be comfortable. You know, you do, you just get acclimated to doing one thing. And then you're like, you know, this is comfortable. I, I, this is good. I like this. Well, unfortunately you can't do that. You have to do sales one day, make plans one day, you know, you, if, change it up because that's how you're going to be successful doing the same thing every day. And, you know, and that's, what's good about Al. I, I think that he has so, he's so diversified. He has so many things. So it, it helps him be successful because he doesn't camp. And so I think that's a really big, important thing to do is, is change it up. Don't, you know, schedule different things. Don't do, a, you know, it's, it can become very habit forming to do the wrong thing, even if it is the right thing initially. So I think that's really important. But anyway. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Don't, don't take this time to create bad habits, right. Or create limiting mindsets for your stuff about no one, no one will buy my stuff. Right. Just because you're getting a lot of no's right now, doesn't necessarily mean that you have a bad offer or a bad product. It just means that you probably need to increase your, you know, lead generation prospecting behaviors because yeah, attention is divided a lot more than it was, you know, in December of last year. Right. And, and to, what Clint, to what Clint said earlier, I think it, you know, it's so important. Also, there's a, I've always said, there's a million people out there. There's no way, do not get discouraged because you've had a fail, you mm -hmm. know, just there's a million people out there. So we live in the metro. I mean, I live in the Metroplex. Yeah. My God, you know, it's awesome. limited. All right. So we got four minutes left because Al has got uh, beers to drink and charts to look at. So. <laughs> um, water, right, Dr. Daniel? Yeah, sure. No, it was beer. Believe me, it was beer. <laughs> so Clint, uh, modified version of the throwdown. Any takeaways for, for D's or people in construction right now? Yeah, I mean, you got to you got to stay on task, right? I mean, just what you did in in uh, February of this year, you got to be doing right now. You do have to modify it. There's no doubt. I mean, you got to have a coronavirus filter of some sort in your business. And when this comes out, you need to make sure that the process you established in February is still there and up and running. Right. And you pick right back up where you left off. And, and right now we're just trying to get through the times. Everybody's doing that. It's survival. Yeah. So survive. All right. Al, for eyes or anybody in healthcare? You know, keep your chin up. Um, worrisome times. But uh, if you're constantly, like everybody's expressed, if you're constantly not just doing busy work, but constantly pushing to, to gamble on the recovery, to be there and be part of that in your industry, 
that's how I think you survive. And you come out, the whole thing crashes and we all go to hell or whatever, or you're now known as a guy that was on the front line of trying to get your business back involved, get yourself back involved in in enterprise. Uh, You you just got to stay with that mindset and look for every opportunity to have a phone call, a conversation, uh, move that needle forward in these trying times. Oh, good. Awesome. Nanette? So, um, survival, I just heard that from both of you, um, the D and the I. And I really think survival of the fittest, I thought, you know, whoever said that, I thought that's so true. But what does that really mean? For me, it means um, survival of the fittest is spiritually, mentally, physically, and financially. So you're, you're focusing, again, diversifying you know, build your strengths in all those four areas, you know, find your, be your fittest and spiritual, find what that is. If you need to call me, call me mental, you know, just think more positive. Like we, we talk about all the time financially. I think that, you know, just being really wise with your money and man, it's hard when you're feeling like you're losing some at this point. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, physically, of course, keep active, eat healthy. I, I think that all of that is, it plays into how well you're going to do in your business. Yeah. Um, I was going to, by the way, Herbert Spencer coined the phrase survival of the fittest. I think Darwin made it famous, but he's not the one who coined it. So don't get your facts mixed up. Um, so for me, as a C and also as a consultant, you know, the, the thing is your sales process should be dialed in so tight that when you have that conversation, it, you're not as concerned about the outcome, right? The outcome is a lagging indicator that you don't have any control over. And when we get to attach to the outcome, that's where we start to slip and slide into like bad habits. And so writing out my sales process again, and like making sure that it's right here in front of me, the questions I must ask to, to determine a good fit, uh, has really kind of increased the quality of the conversations I've had outside of that, because that allows me to be s- somewhat skeptical whenever someone comes because they want to talk about these things, but they don't fit, right? So so if there's not a fit, I can, I can be skeptical automatically. But whenever I'm too hopeful or too ahead of myself or trying to force something, that you lose the ability to be skeptical, right? And when you're not skeptical, you're too eager, right? And that has all sorts of problems in the long run for selling. So it's kind of my thing is just dial it back to as basic as you need to and just make sure that you're doing it consistently. So awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for everyone who came to the Zoom. There's my top sales guy coming in. Just now? 45. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Go bite his ass. Coming in so well. So thanks for everyone who came to the Zoom. If you've been watching on Facebook, thank you so much. Um, We'll be back next week. If you have questions, please send them to us. Follow us on social media. Share this with other people in sales who might be struggling. Uh, We're we're getting a lot of people who are reaching out about the assessments. So if if you are taking this time to improve on yourself, then you want to take the assessment, let us know. We'll get you hooked up. And we'll see everybody next week. Thanks, Jim. Hey, be safe, guys. See you next week. Cheers.